0: If you're ready to open your heart and step fully into the person God created you to be, then you're in the right place. Let's get started. Hello, and thank you so much for joining me on this week's episode of Candid Catholic Convos. If you're listening to us live, this week is NFP or Natural Family Planning Week. Natural Family Planning Week is a national educational campaign from the USCCB that focuses on Catholic beliefs about human sexuality, conjugal love, and responsible parenthood. NFP, even though it's been in practice for several decades, is still largely misunderstood by traditional medicine, and even less so by the general population. Roughly 88% of sexually active women use contraceptives, and as an imperfect Catholic, I was one of them. I was fed the story that it was beneficial for my health, that it would slow the growth of my endometriosis, that it would stabilize my mood swings and my painful monthly cycles. But it didn't. When I started experiencing adverse side effects, I was met with resistance from my doctors, who continued to feed the narrative that having a baby would ruin everything, that natural family planning has a, quote, high failure rate. When I struggled to conceive my first baby, I was told my only answer would be IVF because of the stage of my endometriosis, and that I couldn't conceive naturally. My entire adult life, I felt this narrative that women are told once they become a certain age was somehow incorrect, and I couldn't shake it. I felt the medical community was looking for band-aids rather than actually trying to heal me. It wasn't until we miscarried that I sank my grief into finding out exactly what was going on with my body— and realized other forms of family planning even existed. I had heard of this Catholic OBGYN practice years before, but I wasn't going to go there. They didn't prescribe the birth control, and I needed it for my endometriosis. Now I was turning to them desperately because they were the only ones in the area who specialized in this holistic and faith-based approach to medicine. The doctor who helped me through my miscarriage found the reason why my body couldn't maintain a pregnancy, and who delivered my very first baby was the same woman. And I'm not kidding. Her name was Faith. If that isn't a sign from God, I don't know what is. Natural family planning is a scientifically based system with an effectiveness rate greater than the use of the pill when practiced consistently it's minimally invasive, and it empowers women with scientific data they can use to advocate for their health. In other words, it works. I'm thrilled to welcome back Dr. Naomi Whitaker, a board-certified OBGYN fertility surgeon focused on women's restorative reproductive medicine, compassionate healthcare, and education. She specializes in the Creighton Model Fertility Care System and NAPRO technology and currently practices out of central Pennsylvania. Dr. Whitaker's goal is to help women improve their gynecologic health and avoid or achieve pregnancy in accordance with their natural fertility using the latest research, medicine, and surgery. Dr. Whitaker, thank you so much for joining me on Canon Catholic Convos again. It's been a little while since we've talked, but I'm, I'm really excited to have you back, especially because the last time you were here, that episode became like our most popular episode ever. So clearly it's something that People want to hear more of. So, for those who maybe didn't listen to the episode last time, which they definitely should, could you tell me a little bit about yourself and what your life as a pro life OBGYN looks like? And if you can go even further, what does it even mean to be a pro life OBGYN?
1: Sure. So, um, currently, I live here in Mechanicsburg and practice um, locally at a practice um, called UPMC Divine Mercy. And we do full comprehensive OBGYN care from pregnancy to menopause. Um, we're able to take care of, you know, women wherever they are and all their health issues and needs.
0: What kind of led you to this this calling, this like of being an OBGYN and why specifically pro life? Like what, what kind of stood out to you as it being your mission?
1: Sure. It was my, ever since I was young, I really wanted to heal. And I was really drawn to the whole vocation of medicine, treating the mind, body and soul and whole family. Um, So initially I thought family medicine was my calling. And ever since I was really young, um, that was my vision. And when I went into medical school, uh, my eyes were open to the incredible world of OBGYN and what that has to offer and how that is treating the whole family and you know how family planning is such an important component of that and respecting both the woman her husband and her unborn child is such an important approach when you're in that field as a medical student you get to experience all the different specialties you get to rotate and at the same time I became a mother when my husband got back from Afghanistan. We decided to start our family. And I had a not, you know, not a beautiful experience of delivery. And then two months later, I did my OB rotation. And so I was able to have that perspective of both the patient, the vulnerability, the fear, putting your life and your child's life in a stranger's hands. And having to entrust them completely. And it was especially dramatic because my grandmother had died from a C-section. And I had to go uh, through a C-section. I had to get a C-section. And so it was very, very difficult for me and my family to go through. And there were some other issues that happened as well. And then becoming on, you know, turning around and going on the other side, I experienced how it's easy to kind of shut off your emotions as a provider as an OBGYN, because we do see a lot of heartbreaking things like miscarriage, um, it's extremely stressful to take care of two patients at once, including mother and, and the unborn child, and having to consider both of them and how they both could be you know, affected and how both of their lives are important, having to balance risks to both of them, no matter what route you take. And so I really saw how some providers that I that I shadowed under for training, how they coped with it, maybe not in the most healthy way. For example, I saw a resident um, who was taking care of a, a woman who had lost her third pregnancy and the baby didn't have a heartbeat. And of course the woman was crying and outside of the room, the resident said, well, she was only nine weeks, why is she crying? Plus she wasn't taking her blood pressure medications. And I thought, oh, my gosh, this is very, you know, this was hard for me to see, especially just being on the other side, how cold it was. And that experience really uh, showed me how important it was just to show compassion and respect for both the mother and unborn child. So that was one of the pivotal moments uh, when I, I thought, wow, this is where I can make a difference. I'm not just going to give this algorithm in OBGYN, because OBGYN is more of an art than a science, which is good and bad, but it's, it's it can be beautiful. But it's not just what you do, it's how you do it. It's, it's so important. For example, you know, sometimes C-sections are necessary, um, but it's important to involve the mother in that uh, decision-making process and have her understand why and really talk to her about all her options. And so that's kind of a summary, but obviously there's more to it. But at the same time, I was also uh, able to watch NAPRO technology physicians um, practice their approach, and I saw the science involved, the advanced technology, and really finding all the root causes and educating and, and empowering the women in the process versus kind of the other approach tended to more be more paternalistic, hey, you should just get on this pill or you know, you have pain, get on the pill, you have this, get on the pill. And I just thought, well, that just seems boring. <laughs> Best case scenario, if you want to describe it. Um, and I loved, I love solving puzzles. And so especially with fertility issues and women's health issues um, with endocrinology or the hormone component, you're really solving really complex puzzles. And I always thought of medicine that way. And so um, that's what really drew me to fertility and and really deep diving into fertility.
0: I love that you think of it like an art because it can be beautiful, but it can be messy at times. Mm-hmm. And I love hearing about the experiences that you went through shaped really who you became as a physician because you know, that must have been extremely not only traumatizing but just emotionally difficult knowing that your grandmother had passed away due to c C-section and then you needed a C-section and having, been I'm also a C-section mom. So I know that it's like decisions have to be made quickly. And it's absolutely terrifying to be in that moment, but you took that and you are using that to better equip your patients, which I just think is, is just, it's awesome. And you mentioned using the science to empower these women, which I feel like, at least in my own personal experience in, you know, coming through different OBGYNs like through throughout the years, it can be a very disempowering process. But with natural family planning and the pro technology and just the education, I think that's out there now for um, doctors to really flip the script and make it so like, no, we 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 can be in charge of of our body and know what's kind of going on instead of being like, I don't know, Let's just take a pill and make everything normal. You know what I mean? So I just, I think that's really cool. And it's just the timing of this week being natural family planning week. I mean, even though it's 2023, I feel like there's still a large misconception about what natural family planning is and isn't with many health practitioners, like still referring to it as the calendar method, which I think goes back to the 60s. So talk to me a little bit about natural family planning. What is it and how does it work?
1: Yes, natural family planning or NFP for short is not your grandma's calendar (laughs) method at all. It's totally changed. And anyone who says that has no idea, unfortunately. Even the CDC now is um, acknowledging NFP and its effectiveness. And um, they even published data on this. So very, very scientific, starting to be endorsed and recognized, thank goodness. That's behind, but finally, I'm just so excited the CDC has uh, supported this. So what, what is it now? Um, it's very scientifically sound way of teaching a woman to identify her fertile window. So unlike what we were taught, or many of us were taught in high school incorrectly, that women are fertile every single day of the month, women have peak fertility basically on one day, uh, but a fertile window of around five to six days um, out of the whole month. And so, when women women are taught and are are able to be confidently taught uh, this, uh, you know, natural family planning. There are different methods. The one that I specialize in is called the Creighton Model System. But if a woman or couple is taught by a certified teacher of a reliable system, um, this method these methods of what we call NFP, or some may call, like the CDC refers to it as fertility awareness-based method. So when women or couples are taught how to identify the fertile window accurately, um, they have a very high success rate in avoiding pregnancy. And on the flip side, these can be used to help achieve pregnancy if a woman changes her mind and decides the next cycle to achieve pregnancy. And when these women are taught these biomarkers, we, we call it, as far as signs and symptoms to look for to plot on their charts, they can use this data to identify gynecologic or health issues, and we can use this data to do a workup and treatment. So it has so many uses. There is an investment of, of time up front and sometimes money as well for the woman and or the couple, um, but this data is so valuable for the rest of her life, reproductive life. You know, that's why we talk about empowerment with this. Uh, A woman doesn't need to buy anything after she spends time and resources learning. She doesn't need to go rely on pharmaceuticals or going to the pharmacy for any, you know, condoms, for example, which reduce the efficacy of family, of natural family planning. With this information, this couple or this woman can identify the fertile window and not have intercourse during the fertile window. And she's taught when, if she's desiring to avoid pregnancy, when she can have intercourse and, and not conceive.
0: That's pretty cool. I, I remember we were struggling to get pregnant with my first son. And I, was, I kept feeling that, like, something was wrong. But all the other doctors I went to were like, no, 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 just give it time, give it time. And then, and then we miscarried. And I was like, all right, now now I got to figure out what's going on. And Holy Spirit at the time was the only one in the area who had a natural family planning like course that you could take. And I remember like putting the stickers on my chart and like looking at it. And like the further along I went, I was like, oh my gosh, this is very, very empowering to know like what's going on with my body. And then the further along we went, we were actually able to figure out that I had low progesterone. So when my husband and I tried to get pregnant, we did succeed. They were like, okay, you're just going to take some progesterone, had a healthy baby. And then I, we were able to use that data. I was able to advocate for myself to other practitioners because the one that I had been going to was no longer there. And I was able to say, listen, I have the data to show that I have a history of low progesterone. We need to like do something about this so I don't lose these pregnancies as well. Now I have three healthy little boys. That's just so cool to just be able to know what's going on with your body and work really as a team instead of just it being a one sided kind of relationship of like, yes, the doctor has like so many more years of experience and knowledge than I could ever possibly have. But now you really feel like a team because you're like, well, this is my body and I kind of know what's going on with it. I need you to help translate for me what it all means. And I love hearing about the success rate. Because I remember when I was first married to my husband, we were pretty sure that I had endometriosis. And at the time they were just like, you need to be on the pill. You need to be on the pill to control the endo. And I wanted off of it because I didn't like the way it made me feel. I was having like super awful side effects. And this one doctor to this day, I will never forget this. She's like, well, you know, NFP is a high failure rate. Right. And I was like, Well, if you consider having a baby a failure, (laughs) then I will fail till the cows come home. But going back to what you said, statistically, what have you seen as the failure or success rate of NFP when practiced consistently?
1: Yeah. So ironically, I was told the same thing postpartum. Oh, I'll see you back. You're using NFP. (laughs) Here I was a med student and being told that basically you're playing Russian roulette, which isn't true. I mean, like in your story, oftentimes women who have infertility think, oh, I don't really need to learn this because it's not going to happen. That's not how my body works. Right. And I've seen that. Uh, So it's funny when uh, NAPRA works, uh, (laughs) it really works sometimes. (laughs) And so then you really need to remember that to try to track again. Um, So, yeah, as far as success rates to avoid pregnancy, typical use. So that's basically that means in a woman, realistically, in a real-world situation, not in a perfect situation, um, which is the data you really want to look at. Typical use for the Creighton model system is a 96.8% effectiveness, and for the birth control pill, it's 90 to 96%. Wow. And so um, it's very effective. Obviously, there are different methods with slightly different success and um, a different different approach uh, as far as what biomarkers a woman uses to observe based on, you know, where she is in in life and her preferences. For example, with the Creighton model system, you basically wipe with a tissue and do observations and are trained on that. So very low invasive. You don't have to wake up and take temperatures. Um, So I would say it's very accessible, very doable. It's just learning up front to interpret these signs Um, And what's great is you're taught how to write these observations down in a scientific way. Women don't even realize they're they're doing that, but that's how it's designed so that we can have objective data to see what her biomarkers are telling us. So I'm able to interpret this chart that she's writing down kind of like a language. I say, I speak this language of the Creighton model chart, and um, it tells me so many things. For example, low progesterone, I'm going to see likely premenstrual spotting off of in three days. To me, that's going to scream low progesterone. And so as soon as she walks in the door, if she's charting, I can say, I highly suspect this. I can't diagnose you until we run the test, but this is how we run the test. And more often than not, we're right.
0: That's crazy. That is just, it just blows my mind how, how, yes, it's an investment of time upfront, but it can be such a time saver later because you know exactly where to go. And look for the answers like you're right. It's it's a puzzle. And once the pieces all start to come together, it just paints this picture of a woman's entire body. And it's the more that I learned about it, the more I was like, wow, this actually controls so much of like what's going on elsewhere in my body, like my mood, my temperament. It's just it's crazy because then you can look at the chart and say, oh, it could be related to this or i'm at this phase of my cycle so that makes sense and i see a lot more women especially with productivity talking about mm-hmm. like depending on where you're at in your cycle right. like determines how productive you are because of your energy level or just your get up and go which i think is just fascinating but i want to go back to something quick we've used the terms nfp and the pro technology a couple times are they the same thing and if if not how are they different like what what are we talked a little bit about what the definition of NFP is, but what is the definition of NAPRO technology?
1: Sure. So natural family planning, which is when a woman is charting her cycle, uh, for example, with the Crate Model System. So the Crate Model System is a form of natural family planning. And so we use that data as a foundation of NAPRO technology. NAPRO technology is the medical applications and treatments based on those chart data that the woman presents to her physician that's trained. And NAPRO technology stands for natural procreative technology. And so we're working uh, with the body cooperatively to treat underlying health issues instead of, for example, suppressing the woman's cycle with birth control. So we're working cooperatively versus suppressing the natural cycle.
0: That's interesting. So since we're working cooperatively, does this type of medicine address other types of GYN issues like how how to how do we use it to address a woman's overall health
1: yeah that's a great question so when a woman walks in the door that's the first thing I ask her to do is chart her cycles if she isn't already if she's willing to because I can give her the best care that way if she has the most information that she can collect and give to me. And so this is a unique tool that I have that other doctors don't. So I can't fault anyone for giving the pill if they don't have this data because you have to know when a woman ovulates, for example, to do the right tests and treatment to work with her cycle. And if someone isn't presenting that data, it's very hard to do because women are obviously very complicated. Every single day of the month, their hormones are different. And so it's not that easy to just to treat Um, So you really need an individualized approach. And so, you know, when a woman walks in the door, we like to use her chart. And I can first, even when she walks in with her chart, I can say, "I, I really think you have PCOS or your chart is very suspicious for endometriosis. You know, tell me about your symptoms. And so we can have an idea when she walks in the door, what she has after many of these women have gone to doctor after doctor and have hit dead ends and have no idea what's going on. We can... We can often, most of the time, if, you know, uh, find all the health issues. If, you know, if they have a lot of problems, infertility is like a very severe symptom of multiple women's health issues. Obviously, the more complicated, um, the more time it takes, um, but we often find the underlying cause such as fibroids, endometriosis, PCOS, polyps, hormone dysfunction. But I get many, many failures of other places, fertility treatments, um, pain. Abnormal bleeding, and uh, we have good success.
0: That really hits home for me because when, before I was diagnosed with endometriosis, I remember going to, I think, seven different doctors before Mm -hmm. we landed on a diagnosis. And when they, we did the surgery, and it was like night and day in terms of like level of pain, because my pain just had no rhyme or reason to it. It didn't matter what day of the month it was. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. they were like, you know, this, by the time I got to the seventh doctor, she's just like, "Why are you just coming to me now?" And I was like, "You're number seven. I've been in pain this whole time." But then on the flip side, when I started charting my cycles, and then we figured out the low progesterone. By the time I was done having babies, I was like, "Hey, my my chart is kind of wackadoo still. Like I'm still having <laughs> some issues. I could feel the pain coming back." And they were like, "Yeah, no, it's it's back." So I was like, "Okay, that it just it went a lot smoother." because I was able to say like here's here's the information that I could gather for you help me put the pieces together cuz I don't know what I'm looking at like in terms of you know going further than what I can do myself so let's talk about that a little bit more how is an approach technology beneficial for someone struggling with PCOS or endometriosis or you mentioned polyps and fibroids and going further what about the women who are burdened with infertility i know that the pursuit of a baby and growing their family can be pretty overpowering. How can this be beneficial for someone like that?
1: Sure. So, I mean, infertility is often PCOS or, and or endometriosis and, and or some other issues as well. So those are all related. So I have uh, patients ideally uh, chart with the Creighton model system, and then we run full uh, blood work, ultrasound to see what's going on. And sometimes we may do more Thorough testing, such as a glucose tolerance test, if they have PCOS, to see how their, um, you know, how severe their symptoms are, and really try to get to um, see what's actively going on in their body. Do they have high testosterone for PCOS? Vitamin D deficiency? And trying to look at the whole endocrine system, and what does that mean? And educate the woman on that. Uh, and oftentimes there are multiple things to correct. And so helping a woman with endometriosis with pain, um, and both PCOS and endometriosis often benefit from progesterone. That's probably the most common treatment for any woman's health issue. Progesterone is the answer to all the world's problems. <laughs> I joke all the time. It helps. So bioidentical is different than the synthetic as far as in birth control. The bioidentical has the opposite effect of birth control. It has, uh, improves anxiety, um, it's anti-inflammatory. Um, it may even be cancer protective. Uh, it, is an- it does have some anti-cancer properties, we know. Progesterone can help with pain of endometriosis. It helps with short cycles. Sometimes we see with endometriosis, um, it can help with pain and, and bleeding for both PCOS and endometriosis. So one of the first things we do include um, a whole hormone profile. So after a woman ovulates,
0: We want to see what our hormones are doing. And oftentimes we'll see progesterone drop. We've unfortunately run out of time, but if you'd like to hear the rest of this episode, you can listen to us anytime on Spotify under Candid Catholic Convos, or you can download this episode from our website at hbgdiocese.org. Thank you so much for listening. Our goal at the Diocese of Harrisburg is to walk with you on your faith journey. So if this episode resonated with you in any way, the easiest way to show your appreciation is by sharing this program with your network or by leaving a review on your listening platform. You can also support us financially by making a donation online at hbgdiocese.org slash DAC and clicking the make a donation button. Thanks again, and we'll see you at church on Sunday.